Um, today's reading is uh, Colossians 1, 3 to 14. We always thank God, our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have, a, we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about uh, which you have heard, already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will for all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all the power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Lord, the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Tony. So we've got a... uh new sermon series we're going to be looking at Colossians uh, which is a really dense book there's so much in it and Tony you do well reading that passage but next week I'm not going to be with you because I'm running the London Marathon and uh, I want to take this opportunity and this is not a plug I promise but I want to say thank you thank you for all the support people have shown I'm raising money for Alzheimer's Research UK and I've received so much support, and I'm really blessed by it. I'm so thankful. I may not be so thankful this time next week, <laughs> but I'm very thankful at the moment. I want to say that now. And do you know, I've, this is, if you come to our house and you go to the loo in our house, anyone done that? I'm just, no, sorry, I'm not saying. I now have runner's world in the toilet in our house. <laughs> this is my reading material. Um, and uh, actually there's an article in there, just a short little word. It says it's good to give thanks. And actually it talks about research that's been done, how if athletes give thanks to their teammates and give thanks to maybe people who are on the races and stuff that they're on, they increase their confidence and concentration and it leads to a better all-round performance. Saying thank you helps you do better. So I will be saying thank you to everyone until I can't do it anymore next week. But we've got this theme of being overflowing with thankfulness. And that's what one of the themes in Colossians. Paul is overflowing with thankfulness. There's a church that's been planted in this place called Colossae. And uh, he's not such got a personal connection to it. It was planted by Uh, probably this person Epaphras who's mentioned in the letter here but Paul writes them and he says I thank God, I always thank God when I remember you when we pray for you why does he thank God for them why would God thank 
Uh, why would Paul thank God for Pembury Baptist Church, for example? He says, first of all, I thank God because I've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. You know, it's actually very, very simple. We're Christians and we have faith in Jesus. I thank God for that, Paul says. And he says, I thank God because of the love you have for all God's people. He's not thanking God because, you know, they're a really impressive church and all the rest of it. He thanks God because they have love for everybody. Now, I'm not going to do, preachers sometimes do this, they ask it, say, turn around and look at everybody in the church. I'm not going to do that. But just imagine, everybody in this church, it says, the love you have for all God's people. Paul thanks God for love. Are we a church that is known by our love? For our love for God's people? Might not always like God's people, but do we love them? (laughs) We're called to love them. This is faith and love. Now, Paul, as we read that passage, do you know what? We, We saw what an intellectual giant this man was. It's just word after word. Um... Metaphor after metaphor, image after image. It's so intense, Colossians. Godwin read the whole of chapter 3 out to us by memory. Very impressed, Godwin. It's such an... His language shows that he's incredibly intelligent. And yet, what does he thank God for? Love. Do you have love for each other? The gospel is bearing fruit among you and everywhere else but it began to bear fruit among you from the day you heard it and from the day you truly understood God's grace. I wonder did you know about God's grace? Tanya prayed earlier, he loves us in our darkest moment. Do you know about the grace of God? When I uh, first became a minister, pastor of a church, do you know what I thought? I thought, I can do this. I got a few good ideas. I'm quite a gifted person. I've seen other ministers do it. Some well, some not so well. I reckon I can do it. And it worked for a little while until I realised that's not a basis for a church. (laughs) That's not a basis for my ministry. The basis for us as a church is the love of God and the grace of God. And it was only when I came to the point where I realised, I can't do this. I realised, you've got to take over. It's got to be about you, about your love, about your grace. I got here to Pembury, getting on for five years ago now. God's given me a love for this church. But most days, I'm like, Lord, I can't do this. I need you 
take over. That's my secret to my success, if you can call it that. I can't do it. God can. We rely and truly understand the grace of God, the love of God. I don't care how gifted or clever we are. Paul was. But if we don't have love, we got nothing. We've got nothing. Epaphras reported to Paul and he told Paul of the Colossians' love in the Spirit. He didn't tell them what they looked like and how, you know, what all the stuff they did that he might have done. But what did Paul notice? The love that they have in the Spirit. It's the simplest thing of all, but it's the hardest thing to do. We're called to love each other. But Paul thanks God for the Colossian church, and I believe we can say thank you to God for so much of our church here. But we don't stop there. Because God doesn't want us to stay static. The Christian life is about growing. And there's a line here about growing in the knowledge of God. Now, if we're a static Christian, we're going backwards. Christian life is one where we continue to grow, however old or young we are. And so Paul prays that they grow, that they continue, that there's more. They don't just rest on their laurels, oh, aren't we a loving church? But they continue to grow. We continually ask God, he says, to fill you with the knowledge of his will. I went up to see my dad a few weeks ago and I'm going again in a couple of weeks and I, I went on a Sunday afternoon after church and, and stayed the Monday with him and on a Monday night we watched quizzes on TV. Has anyone seen University Challenge? Mastermind? I think there's another one. I'm amazed at people's knowledge, aren't you? I sit there thinking, I haven't got a clue. But there's a bunch of students who are like, oh, I think that's, what, how do you know that? And knowledge is good. Not about, I'm not knocking knowledge. It's good. But Paul's prayer is not for us to have knowledge. It's the knowledge of God's will. It's knowing what God wants. And it's actually growing in the knowledge of God himself. Christian life is about knowing God. And I ask you and I ask me, are we knowing God? Do we know him? Do we know him as our Father, as our Lord? Fill, may the Spirit fill you with all wisdom and understanding. One of my daily prayers is, Lord, give me wisdom. I need your wisdom. Do you ever pray that? <laughs> you know, a tricky situation at work or dealing with some troublesome client or, or maybe a family member. Lord, give me wisdom. Help me, Lord. And this isn't man's wisdom. This is spiritual wisdom. It's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to have a PhD to have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. You say, Lord, give me wisdom in my parenting. Parenting. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> my children pray that for me every day. <laughs> so that, Paul says, you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Are you like me and you think, I'm unworthy? Does anyone feel like that sometimes? I feel unworthy. And maybe you've been told you're unworthy. Maybe the school teacher said, could do better. My final school report of my school, the head teacher wrote, Daniel and the school have been a challenge to each other. <laughs> that was very diplomatic. Could do better. Or a parent, my friend, got like all top marks and all his exams, but one wasn't so good. You know what his dad said? What happened here? Thanks, Dad. I did really well in all the others. We feel unworthy. And in our own strength, we cannot live a life worthy of the Lord. But Paul wouldn't have prayed this prayer if it wasn't actually possible. For you and I, by the grace of God, if we truly understand it, to live a life worthy of the Lord. You might not see it in yourself, but others do see it. But is my life, look in the mirror, is my life worthy of the Lord? Am I worthy of the name Christian? Paul's prayer isn't here for great miracles and wonders although he saw them all the time. His prayer is that they grow in the knowledge of God, in the love of God, and that they live a life worthy of the Lord. Now that isn't, dare I say it, sexy. But it's actually what gives glory to God. Lives that are worthy of the Lord. Pleasing in every way and bearing fruit in every good work. Now my good ideas are not what Paul has in mind here. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Bearing fruit that gives glory to God. Bearing fruit. God wants us to live fruitful lives. And if we're growing, we will be fruitful. If a tree grows, it is fruitful. If a fruit tree grows, it bears fruit, right? If we're growing, we will bear fruit. And bear fruit for God's glory. We can't do this by ourselves. Paul prays that we be strengthened with all power. Is that strength in short supply? Well, what did we see last week? Jesus rose from the dead. The power of God to deliver people from demons, to heal the sick, to save the lost, and to raise the dead. That power is at work among you. According to his mighty power. That's what this is about. But what's the outcome of that? Paul's prayer is that the outcome of that is that we might have great endurance and patience. Do you know, I've figured something in my marathon training. And it's this. A marathon is a marathon. Thank you. A marathon is a marathon. It's 26.2 miles. 
It's not a sprint. And guess what the Christian life is? It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. We don't give God glory when we go out in a blaze of glory. (laughs) We give God glory when we have great endurance and patience. Now when you pray for patience, guess what happens? God gives you situations where you're going to be impatient. God answers that prayer. Such a challenge, isn't it? And it's so countercultural. Our society wants it all and wants it now. But the fruit of the Spirit is patience, great endurance. I've got friends I studied with and they've burned out. They're not pastors anymore. I've got friends who were Christians and they're not following Jesus anymore. Really gifted people. Because they didn't have the endurance. Now this isn't pride talking. Please hear me. This is us coming to the point where we realise, Jesus, I need your help. I can't do this. I need your power to give me great endurance. Maybe you've got a tough week up ahead. Pray to God and he'll give you patience. He'll give you endurance. He'll help you. And Paul wraps up the prayer by saying, we come back to thankfulness. Joyful thanks to the Father. Why? Because of his work of grace among us. He has qualified you, you plural, you, Pembury Baptist Church, to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Sometimes when a parent dies, we inherit what they've left for us. Christ died so that we might inherit heaven. And this is our inheritance. We're to pray, Lord, we want heaven on earth now. May your kingdom come, your will be done. This isn't just pie in the sky when you die. And we share together with all God's holy people in that. Why? Because he's rescued you. Kingdom of darkness into the place of light. You know, Easter, I love Easter. I was so powerfully moved by the Easter story again this year. But it is that temptation, isn't there, to go to miss out Good Friday. Just go straight to Easter Sunday. Because it's easier. But you can't. You can't get to Easter Sunday if you, go, if you don't go via Good Friday. If we don't look at the sin of the world and our own sin, and ultimately when we talk about climate change, that's what it comes down to. It's greed and sin. We have to look it in the face. We sang on Good Friday, it was my sin that held him there. My sin. That held Christ on the cross. We don't airbrush sin. But, We thank God for Easter Sunday. We thank God that he's dealt with it. We thank God that there's nothing I can add to it. And that he has brought us already from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the Son he loves. We have redemption. We have forgiveness of sins.
So let's be thankful. It does us good to be thankful. It's easy to be ungrateful. It's easy to be negative. But let's be thankful. I'm going to lead us in some prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace by which we stand today. And it is your grace and your grace alone that has brought us to this place. Lord, we're sorry for what a mess we've made at times. We are sorry for our abuse of the earth's resources. We're sorry when we don't love. Forgive us, Lord. Would you move powerfully in our midst by your grace and continue to stir in us that we might live a life worthy of the Lord. We give you glory and honour and praise. We give thanks to you, Lord. We thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you for your love that endures forever. And we thank you that we don't grieve like the rest of the world, but that we have hope. The hope of eternal life that starts today, that starts now. Thank you, Lord. Bless and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.